Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the 343 Football Podcast. My name is Jaffa and joining me again today I've got Daud. Yep. I've got Ali. Hi. And I've got Qadama. Hello. How's the second lockdown treating you guys so far? Yeah, same old. Uh, it's not great, is it? Are you guys? I, mean, I don't know if you guys have heard, um, they're finally going to let some um, fans come back into the stadiums now. Uh, and uh, I think it'll be after the lockdown, so not much, what one more week left now. Yeah, so. it's yeah. split into a tier system, isn't it? You've got is it tier one, two, and three? Something yeah, like yeah. So um, that'll be interesting. To see if we can even afford the tickets. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's weird, isn't it? No, f- no singing allowed apparently. So you know, no singing, uh, no singing allowed. <laughs> singing uh, masks, you know, on during the game. So the Etihad and the no, Emirates will be the no same, sing- to be honest. <laughs> No singing allowed. So you're basically saying I can't get pissed off at my team. I mean, I'm sure you can, but you might be facing a hefty fine. Is Ollie out really worth it? Imagine. Ali, would you attend matches in this kind of scenario, or would you not wait until like everything's back to normality? Really, I can't. I'm high risk, so yeah. it doesn't apply to me. Well, the mo- the most boring, disciplined fans will only go. You know, like imagine like having your fans; they don't even sing. So, I mean, some of them be fine. <laughs> um, well, there's nothing to sing about over there anyway. Yeah. Well, um, the football has continued this week. We're back to club action, and um, Newcastle and Chelsea was the game that kicked us off uh, on Saturday lunchtime. It was a routine win for Chelsea, to be honest. And as a Newcastle va- fan watching it, I wasn't surprised by anything that I saw. Um, you've still got Steve Bruce talking about. Uh, he, he's now saying that the fans, the fans always grumble, so he's, he's kind of pushing back on the criticism he gets. And for me, so in, in the 90 minutes, you know, Chelsea dominated it. Don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty of the football. All I will say is it's just excruciating to watch your team not be able to execute anything in attack and not be able to stop the, the defence. Because if you set up in a defensive lineup, you at least you want your team to actually show competent defending. But the problem with Steve Bruce's Newcastle is the opposition will just walk through it and have chance after chance. I mean... I'm getting a bit fed up of it. I don't know. I mean, it's probably good signs for Chelsea that they've fixed up their defence. Uh, and tonight, I think they've qualified to the Champions League knockout round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've just beat Ren, yeah. Yeah, so a good 2-1 win there. It was, they it was a lucky win. Ren yeah. played a lot better, though. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, when you talk about Champions League standard, they're going to have a tougher time. But against Newcastle, it was it was pretty much a walk at St. James's Park, you would say. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that we were just talking about fans being allowed back in at the stadium because had there been fans for the majority of the home games this season, if not all of them, Bruce would be facing booze uh, that we've never seen the like before at St. James's. Results are one thing, but the, I've actually, in my, I, I guess I'm relatively young as a supporter. I've only really followed Newcastle like Ashley has, but without a shadow of a doubt, this is up there with the worst football I've ever seen at St. James's. Oh yeah, when you when you talk about the standard of the football, there's no question about. It. We've yeah. been worse. We've been worse as a side. We've obviously been relegated, and I don't. To be honest, can I present this argument across? Mm-hmm. Is Steve Bruce could relegate Newcastle this year, right? I'm, I'm actually being serious. I know we've got decent results so far, but the, the, it's a feasible outcome of a season. There's a possibility of anything really this year. You know, 7-2 Aston Villa, so anything can happen. Yeah, but I mean, if you had to put it on the bookies, Newcastle are probably one of the favourites to go down. And it's just standard Bruce Ball, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I know a lot of um, non-Newcastle supporters say, well, actually, y- your results speak for themselves. But when you see um, Newcastle play the way that they do, and it's just so boring. It's just yeah. so uninspiring. Not only that, but it's it's also... I mean, did you guys see the uh, Tammy Abraham goal? How Werner just kind of waltzed through in a direct line. Doesn't yeah. he do any fancy shimmies or any clever tricks. And Fernandes couldn't stop him. Cher couldn't stop him. 
Uh, you just I, I I miss so much the defensive solidity that Rafa Benitez had with Newcastle. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like you say it's boring and uninspired, but you could like you could also make that argument at times with Rafa's football. But the difference is is it's ineffective. We're boring and uninspired for no reason almost. Uh, like like just said, that Werner goal was embarrassing to concede at a Premier League level where it looks like Sunday League where the one fast player can just barely put any effort in and waltz past these players. I don't really know how long it can continue with the results coming in the way that they are. I think Bruce has been lucky in that in his time in the Premier League, there's been teams worse than us. So I don't think he's had to actually like... Do you uh, mean in terms of players, like player quality or do you... Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Especially yeah, now because definitely. we've actually upgraded the squad. If anything, this is the strongest Newcastle team since promotion. Ah since, yeah, uh, I, would, I would agree. You've got to say, you know, like we've gone from like Hosselu and Christian Atsu to... Almiron and Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson. The upgrades are very clear to see, but the football remains as bad as ever. So Um, if we stay up, like it'll just be due to the incompetence of other teams rather than our own competence, which is the worst thing to acknowledge as a football fan. You don't want. What baffles me? You you think that forty mil that went to Joe Linton, um, Joe Linton's transfer, that could have been used more wisely. Um, but it just yeah. baffles me. I mean, yeah. to kind of switch the conversation over to Chelsea, Ali, I know you've literally just watched the match of theirs. Do you think their upturn in form, and not just their form, but their defensive um, solidity now, is that purely on the Mendy uh, signing with the goalkeeper? Or do you think Lampard has actually had like a tactical reshuffle to solidify them defensively as well? No, Mendy's improved the team. Chelsea were horrendous in this game, which I just watched. Um, if there was a better quality side than round playing... Chelsea would have lost that game. So they've still got those frailties at the back, you think? They can yeah, be bad. definitely. Look at the statistics after this, of course. You'll see how bad Chelsea were. Yeah, yeah, but I would say Silva has really uh, enforced a good back line. Yeah, of course. Good he's solidity. So it's yeah. a, so it's a, it's a like inspired them, if is, anything. It's a recruitment thing rather than a Lampard tactical uh, kind of... Remit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would say it was a tactical thing. I know really? some people will argue, yeah, I don't think... Are you off your note? I don't think Lampard... <laughs> what do you <laughs> think Lampard's done different? Like, I don't, what I don't, has he done? I don't think Lampard... Do you mean in terms of... Um, Just kind of, yeah, solidifying defensive, defensive if abilities. If, if you're going to make a tactical argument for him, what has he done different to, you know, what, what they were struggling with before? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant um, if if he's doing any any good with uh, Chelsea's defence line he, uh, in terms of tactic-wise, he's not. He's doing fucking he's, shite. He's, yeah, he is. <laughs> shite. <laughs> don't know what you're on about. Ali on the fence is always there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not he's not doing very well. But they, they, Chelsea are such an intriguing team this year because uh, what was it with was it sorry no it was Lampard's first season where they had the transfer embargo right yeah yes so yeah but still got players in so yeah. you know two technically but yeah but Pulisic and Kovacic you know what I mean like it shouldn't have happened it is, uh, I've never yeah because how, how much did Pulisic cost them by like the way fifty something million quid so you're talking about um, a ninety million pound income. From a transfer embargo, that is pretty funny. Only Chelsea can do that, right? Yeah. Get everyone like uh, getting the violins out, sympathy for a big club because they spent ninety million on two players. And to be honest, though, it, I'm sure if it's Chelsea fans, though, seeing Mason Mount, Callum Hudson Odoi, and uh, Reese James, academy graduates coming and in Tommy and being Abraham. big role players in the first team, and Tammy Abraham, yeah. like that must be so much better than the ninety million that you're talking about with the two players getting your youth academy to kind of show up for the team. Well, I don't really agree with that necessarily. I think. Uh, Pulisic has been injured for the majority of the season so I actually haven't seen what this Chelsea team can mm-hmm. do with him in the side although there's debates to, to, as to whether he'd, he'd even make the starting lineup with Werner in his position what? But really? well not debates but it's Pulisic just it's a problem that, Pulis- Pulisic. Uh, that Lampard has yeah. up top I Pulisic mean, whenever he's played he's played class but so is Werner and he's in the same position on that left wing so it'll be interesting well, problem for Lampard play Werner in the middle 
play Pulisic on the don't side? Don't play Abraham and he's a freaking donkey. <laughs> you don't need one of those ones. Seen too many no, then. No, I do agree that Abraham has been slightly overrated by the uh, English. Slightly. Like he's, yeah, definitely. Slightly yeah, mean okay. way I'm, tra- I'm being polite, but he has been overrated, I think, due to his age and, you know, his, his, his passport. But, but he, does, he does have all the attributes that you think w- would yeah. be needed. And you think that, okay, on, the, on his good day, he looks really good. And he's probably trying to nurture that. But, uh, yeah, it's not happening. Now, so we'll see what Lampard's team selection will be for the Tottenham game next week because that's where they play. Tottenham themselves had, the, I would say, the big fixture of the weekend, Tottenham against Manchester City. 2 no victory for Mourinho's men. I think Mourinho plays a bit of Bruce Ball, doesn't he, against Man City? Uh, <laughs> I think... Uh, Loads of players back. <laughs> it's, it's caviar, Bruce Ball. I think uh, <laughs> it's, it's defensive football with an actual plan in mind. Um, yeah, it had shades of uh, prime Chelsea under Mourinho if you really watch yeah. the game. Like, they defended patiently, but then they broke with intent every single time. And yeah. Harry Kane and Son are just probably the best duo now, right now in the Premier League, in, barring uh, Salah and, and Mane, but they gave uh, City's defence up nightmares the entire Would you guys say that Harry Kane is the most complete player in the Premier League right now? Complete not, forward. Not best, not best, but most complete, the one who offers you the most skill set in the team. I would say... You know, on FM, where you've got the highlights of all the attributes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Harry Kane, he is the complete forward. All his highlights are above 15 out of 20. It seems like he, he's got the defensive work rate down, the playmaking ability down, and of 100%. course the goal scoring. Yeah, that's because he's had a rest, though. Remember when he had that injury and he's been playing game after game after game? Since he got injured, he had a bit of a rest. Yeah. Now he's resurrected from the dead. <laughs> but I mean, his his evolution as a player, even before his arrest, when he was playing constantly, you weren't seeing as much contribution overall as what he's doing now. Yeah, I think uh, not only is he the most complete player in the Premier League for me, but I would actually go as far as say he's the most complete player in the world at the minute. Oh. Boring. What? Boring. That's, boring. That's, Lionel Messi, in my opinion. I mean, name one other offensive player that Messi can doesn't track Ronaldo. back. Messi doesn't track back, but his. What you on about? Messi is the most complete player. Okay, fair enough. Fair five years enough. ago. I'm not saying he's. Outright, to be but fair. for me, for me, he is because right now I think you're saying what changed. I think he's playing for Mourinho with like yeah. passion, and it sounds really corny to say, but you can tell that's the Spurs team now. What Mourinho has tried to instill, and what we saw in the documentary, if you guys watched it, like that mentality that he's trying to change and instill within the club, like from the you know from the roots of it, so so to speak, are starting to surface, and yeah. that's affecting the players' performance, their mentality going into games. I think the difference was, you know, when they played City in February last season and they beat them. Yeah, it was almost seen as a bit of a fluke. And now with this one, it's like, no, they actually went into that game on the same, because obviously they were in the same position in the table or yeah. even higher than them. And they went into that game now, a bit more. We will definitely they had a game plan and executed yeah. it, basically. Yeah. We'll definitely get into a more extended Tottenham and Maroon discussion later down the line. But just a quick word on Man City now. This uh, Man City, they've, they were wobbling a little bit last season, but I feel like it's a lot more extreme this year. And the one thing that seems to have changed is... Their sca- scariness in attack seems to have gone. They just seem very ordinary across the whole pitch, don't they, at the moment? They're not pressing as much, are they? Would you not say that happened last season rather than now? No, I don't think it's that. I think it's the impact of losing certain players. Um, company's gone, Silva's gone, Leroy Sane, who gave a different dimension to City, he's gone. So City do look ordinary. Well, but Sane but ha- company went last season yeah. and Sane was injured all last season. So yeah. I'm saying like it's yeah, not but, this season. That but we're if they changes. had those players, they would have been a lot better. That's what I'm trying to say. No, no, I agree with you, but I think the point I'm trying to make is, last season, the David Silva was a bit of a like a part-role player because he was being phased out and leaving. Company was already gone and Sane was injured for the whole season. So, in terms of that, like it, it doesn't seem like the overall structure. And they've brought in new players as well. You've got Ruben Diaz, you've got um, Ferran Torres. So, 
Where, where's yeah. the spark in that team? Where's the scary nature of that They're team? They're average players, let's be honest. Yeah. Average players well, in Manchester well, I City? Nah, I wouldn't I'm say, yeah. say Ferran Torres is. back that argument. Yeah, um, but I mean, uh, Nathan Ake, you could, you could definitely have a fair argument that he's an average player. Uh, on yeah, of course he is. He, uh, but he, he was probably touted to be... Uh, uh, you know, one of the best uh, ball playing uh, centre backs that you could get at the time in terms of how young he is and everything, but he hasn't lived up to it as uh, Jones as has jo- John Stones not lived up to it. Laporte is obviously getting injured a lot. Fernandinho, the you know the main spine is injured a lot. No, you can't say that Laporte made that um, that error which led to the first goal. But generally, overall though, yeah, overall he's been, he's been solid, been very solid. It's the million dollar question at the minute now. I think everyone's asking like why why are City playing way lo- like below their level? Mm. And this is it's just it's not really an mm. obvious reason as to why. Is it like people saying are they tired of Pep or they tired of the tactics? Or is it just the personnel that aren't good enough? Like so my two cents to be honest, is that they've lost um a lot in attack. So I'll take back on board what you said about Sane gone David Silva. Aguero's barely ever in the team and Gabriel Jesus is a decent player I'm not going to deride him as a bad player Yeah. but Manchester City do not have a potent attacking force at the moment and you'd think with Kevin De Bruyne being in his prime they need to give him the ammunition and it's kind of it feels a bit stupid to talk about Man City and to talk about like a lack of firepower up top considering how much they spend year on year but when you look at the product on the pitch at the moment compare them to how they used to play in 17-18 season for example when they were the Centurions they just seem a million miles away from that. And I do believe there's a personnel issue. I just don't think they've got the right attackers up top at the moment. So the solution in your opinion is just for them to open the checkbook once again. Isn't that always the Pep solution? That's always the Pep That's solution. Always no, the Pep solution yeah. still, do you not think Pep should be doing more with his team? Like the personnel aren't bad. The, they've got the best squad in the Premier League still in my opinion. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's something else. It's not. I don't think bringing in a whole new attack will fix their issue straight away. The players are just on playing as they were. And, you know, sometimes they, they're, all, they're all humans. Do you know what I mean? They're all human and like you, you just can't expect that 100% as they would in, like you said, when, when they got 100 points in the Premier League. They, they just can't obviously Maintain get to that, that, level. that level. Year on year. Um, and I think these two years where they've gone off in a bit of a, a bit of a route where they can't perform to the, a similar level, they'll probably reflect back and they might get invigorated for like the next season. Right. Um, and I think It'll be the next season where you know something something will happen for them. Now let's take the conversation back to Tottenham. I do want to have a bit of an extended debate about how Mourinho's been doing. What are Tottenham going to achieve this season, or not just this season, but just going forward their short-term future? Now, looking at the league table at the moment, they are top. Of course, it's just by goal difference, but they've conceded the fewest goals in the league. I think they're the only team with just single digits uh, in goals conceded. Everyone else has gotten over, and. Um, you know, the, the one thing that Mourinho's always been accused of is that his tactics are a bit outdated, but the goal scoring seems to be very consistent. The only team who've got more goals in the league at the moment is Chelsea with only just one more. Yeah. Tottenham on 21 goals, Liverpool on 21 goals, and Chelsea on 22. And you, so in, Let's say a, a, compare, a comparison in terms of who they've uh, assigned yeah, and ha- what Mourinho is getting out of those players compared to what Pep is doing with their, his players that he's signed. Steve, Steven Bergwijn. You know, he he was he wasn't he, just a solid player. He's a he? very solid player. Yeah, he's he's playing class on them, and he's playing like he's a proper invigorated. Did you see what Sergio Regulon did to yeah. to Riyad Mahrez? Do you know what I mean? And did you see that that photo of uh, Mourinho? Apparently, he had a bit of a deal with him, saying if you can keep him in your pocket, he'll give you uh, him a five hundred pound lamb leg or yeah. something. It was quite funny to be fair, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, he he's he's implementing it. He's getting what he needs to get out of the players, and I think that's what Mourinho does best. But I think 
some well, what some people say is some of his tactics are outdated. I think they are outdated with these types of players with players nowadays with social media and everything. It's it's very different from when he initially started and what players had in terms of their aims in life or aims in career. Right. If you talk about outdated tactics, so how is he outdated when he destroyed Manchester United six one at Old Trafford? <laughs> you tell me that. No, I think <laughs> no, uh, okay, go, go probably not that. tactics. I'd say uh, man management in terms of What about of, in, in the past in when the best Chelsea the were dominating Arsenal six nil, six three Everton, <laughs> you tell me were those outdated yeah. when he brought um, Port of the Champions right. League? A few good matches, fair no, enough. But 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 nah, not, it's not a few good teams. matches, nah. I think there was uh, rightful like questions rightly asked of Mourinho's tactics, to be honest, at the time. But his like the reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. Like Nobody saw how good of a job he did at United. And he it did a me to say, terrific until he job. Left, until he left. Did, yeah, he's all but right, now yeah. I want to ask you as a United fan, what do you think is the difference behind the scenes with the culture that surrounded Mourinho at United and compared to what he's managed to bring to Spurs, do you think that's had a significant impact on the results we're seeing now? Because at United, everything coming out of the press was just negative and, you know, a feud with Paul Pogba. But now he looks like he's almost like th- their dad at Spurs. They all love him, like, you know, regular... Well, like, no, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Again. That's not necessarily true, though, yeah. because he's already opened the dispute with Deli Ali, hasn't he? Like, not all of them. Yeah, Deli but Deli Ali was going through stuff before Mourinho even came. No doubt, he, he no was. Doubt. But no, but he like, was especially highlighted Pochettino, even further. Pochettino never kind of outwardly kind of expressed that Deli Ali's not in my plans or Deli Ali's okay, not good what's, enough. What's, what's the difference between Mourinho and Poch? Mourinho is a winner. He knows what he needs. No, but, but we're talking about um, like because you you were talking about the culture of the dressing room. Yeah, but room. do you not agree overall? It's changed compared to United, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, a lot of the players loved him at Man United. A lot, all the fans still love Mourinho at Man United. I don't know. I saw a lot of dissent, to be honest. When we we we, we all knew that the way the way that uh, Mourinho wanted to take the club, he wasn't getting back financially. He wasn't getting back in terms of his decisions making decision making in the club. And I, I, I clearly saw that, and I think a lot of other Man United fans saw that as well. One dynamic I'm interested in, because Mourinho made his name with Porto winning the Champions League, this is an underdog story. Mourinho with Tottenham still has the elements of an underdog story, doesn't it? They're not the best team in the league, they're not expected to win the league. I'm surprised Does, you is this highlighted the, the Inter Milan? Inter yeah. Milan um, of course, Inter Milan was, 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 was a big yeah. very big underdog yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree, because at the time you had AC Milan... You had Roma and Juventus at the top. Yeah, yeah. not all competing. Hundred yeah. percent. And Mourinho didn't have the I'd best. I would say that players. was. I would say that would that was harder to do in, in Milan than it was at Paul. So I agree. So do all these achievements from him? Does, does it make kind of like Tottenham and Mourinho a perfect marriage? You know, the, the best club and best manager. Yeah, together. for that's, sure. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at is that like this culture that's come about that he's brought about is because that like he's found the perfect club for him. He's got that mentality to bring players that are like you say considered underdogs to bring them up, whereas. He, I mean, he, not that he can't manage a team with expectations. We've seen it all over the place at Real yeah. and stuff. That, I'm not trying to say that his CV speaks for itself. But I think at the right time and at the right place with Spurs in his career, it seems like the perfect match. And the players are playing for him. That mentality that he's brought with him is starting to surface in the performances. I think yeah. sky's the limit for them this season. I mean, I'm honest. also a, a big fan of how he invigorates players as well. Like Delhi, uh, not Ariel, sorry, um, Eric Dyer was seen as a bit of a meme, to be honest, a bit of a joke. After the 2018 World Cup, he, like the 18-19 season was very weak for him. Yeah. Now he looks like a player transformed again under Mourinho, a reliable rock at the back. I, I really enjoy how Mourinho kind of has like the us-against-the-world mentality that he provides to his defence. And I mean, if you talk about his Chelsea achievements for a second, conceding just 15 league goals in a season. So he, he knows a thing or two about defensive solidity, doesn't he? Yeah, and they've only conceded once in the last four Premier League games now. So you're talking about the goals they've scored, but it's also about the other end where they've barely yeah. conceded any. And 
like you say, players where, like Dyer, he's reinvigorated them, but also Sissoko. If you remember when he was at Newcastle, he was getting scapegoated a lot. He went to Spurs. Yeah. That media uh, attention remained, but he's also looking like uh, a new player under Mourinho. Yeah, to be well. honest, though, no, I would give the Sissoko redemption arc to Pochettino because they signed him for 30 million and it was a bit of a joke season, the sec- uh, 16, yeah. 17. And 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, he became an absolute dependable player. And to be honest with you, I I know that Newcastle fans hated Sissoko because of a lack of uh, effort and a poor attitude, but I never I never did. I always thought he was a decent player. And um, well, you know, Daniel when you Levy, go to a bigger yeah, club, sometimes you can elevate yeah. your game and try even harder. Yeah, yeah. Even Danny Levy saw something in him, and I remember uh, watching the Amazon Prime documentary, and he was saying specifically, Suzuko is a great player, um, and he just needs that push in the right direction, and you can just see him flourish. Yeah, and Dombele as well, though. I mean, Mourinho just like that's what I'm saying. Like this group of lads that are at Spurs seem to be the perfect match for Mourinho. It's mm-hmm. almost like a match made in heaven. I mean, you guys are forgetting Bale did even start. Uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. How mad is that? <laughs> do, you know I mean? do you reckon he'll he didn't get the best Bale. Bale? Do you reckon it's too late for Bale to reach the heights that he had? I mean, he probably won't reach where he was at Real, but how good do you reckon no, he could be still, for Spurs? He's, he's still, you know... You know, can't get rid of quality like that. Tricks. Bale's maybe he's lost a tad of pace, not too much, but he can still do well at Spurs. But I think he's still as athletic as anybody else at the moment. I don't just really yeah, yeah. I just don't think Bale will ever reach the same qualities he had like uh, four or five years ago though. Like he's he's still gonna be a key contributor to the team, but he, he won't be the star man. You've got yeah. Son and you've got Kane. And I think when Bale comes people are starting to think of a Son, Kane, Bale trio. But I just I don't think Bale can play a spot to become a trio. Like do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, f- yeah. I think uh, Mourinho needs to manage Bale the right way. Yeah. And that's how he's gonna get the best out of Bale. I agree, yeah. There's there's sometimes players reach a phase of their career where you have to manage them carefully and I believe Bale is that. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy that you can kind of say, Oh, we're one nil down in the sixty fifth minute, I want you to be the guy that grabs the game by the scruff of the neck. He used to do that literally, win yeah. games single handedly in his last season at Tottenham. How many times did it feel like you turned match of the day on Saturday night and it was Bale picking up the ball from his own half, scoring, dribble, yeah. long shot, long he shot. That that I that think that Bale has gone to be honest with you. And it's not a criticism of the guy, I just think Time, you know, as time goes, yeah. you can't really retain the same standards all the way through. But uh, to flip the argument on its head, in a way, how reliant do you reckon Spurs are on Kane and Son? Do you reckon injury, an so injury to even one of them, so derails much. them from being potential underdog title winners to even struggling to qualify? Look at the top stats. Four? Look at the stats. Just last year, they had what six games without them, with both of them, um, and they lost uh, all and draw, uh, drew in a few. And then as soon as they, uh, both of them came back and they became fit, and they, they, they had a really good winning streak at the end and then pipped the fifth uh, spot and got Europa. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think they're going to win a challenge for the title even with Bale and Son, uh, sorry, Kane and Son staying fit the whole way through. Yes, they're on an upturn and They're form, always like an underdog, aren't but they? They could, they could have like a, a rough patch in the next few games and yeah. you're talking about them all of a sudden, oh, will they even make Champions League? Yeah. That's the nature of the league, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the nature of Tottenham, to be fair. They need to show up a little bit more consistency across this winter. F- uh, if, if they go through this winter period, still within like three or four points of the top, then I can, I can change my mind a little bit. But for right now, I think that you know it's a bit too early to kind of call them title contenders, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because Man City are going to uh, going through a tumultuous time, and you could see them actually putting some effort into turning it around. Whereas with Tottenham, you, you just see oh a bad patch, is that it for them? Is that their season pretty much defined? Oh yeah, they'll get a few more wins and they just solidify around about where they are a place or two above or a place two below. Whereas Man City could literally turn things around and go through on a Martin streak with wins. See, I disagree. I think uh, the league's in a similar position to where it was when Leicester won, where the bar to win the Premier League is set lower now. Uh, teams like City and Liverpool don't look as strong. People Teams don't fear them as much and they'll drop more points. And I think 
Mourinho being there, they might be able to capitalise. So I don't think it's no. out of the realm of possibility for you, them. You know, the, the Liverpool result over the weekend taught me that even though they have a lot of injury problems, how they can easily dispatch Leicester like that, I still think you're talking about Liverpool as being the overwhelming favourite. Oh, yeah, for the no league. doubt. Would no you say yeah, that? Yeah, but do you not think Leicester just played bad? It wasn't just about Liverpool playing yeah, good. Yeah, you know what, is Leicester do. Leicester do terrible. Yeah. Like shit. Like well, you watched bad. the game. What did you think of it overall? Um, overall, Liverpool dom- dominant. That's because Leicester weren't good. For some reason, Rogers comes back to Anfield, gets PTSD, and forgets football. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> you reckon? I, I don't give that credit to Liverpool. Yeah, they won 3 Yeah, it was dominant. They could have had more goals. But I just don't think Leicester well, were good. But my point is that Liverpool, like, I feel like because of the Van Dijk injury and you know the other injuries as well, now a key injury to Joe Gomez, and of course the 7-2, they've built a picture of not necessarily a team in crisis, but a team that won't be able to replicate the high standards they've been setting over the last couple of years. But I still think with Klopp's management, that guy is a brilliant manager. I mean, obviously people eulogise him about him every week. I don't need to go too much into it. So when you talk about the nature of the league being a bit like when Leicester won it, I do disagree a bit. I still think Liverpool are much stronger, even within their current injury uh, situation, than any team was in that 15-16 season. That's just my kind of outlook on it. Oh, yeah, I wasn't trying to make it out like that the, uh, all the teams are suffering. But it just feels like, compared to two years ago, where City and oh. Liverpool absolutely blitzed everyone every week. You was just trying to watch uh, two superheroes go at it almost, and, and then everyone else looked absolutely <laughs> like like civilians around them, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, but that's things that went Liverpool's way, though. It could have been different if they beat Everton. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Liverpool could have been top. Obviously, they're joint yeah. top, but they're not top. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Certain things have changed. So I think the, the idea of like the Man City-Liverpool juggernaut maintaining that 100 point standard was never going to last even Real Madrid and Barcelona with the Ronaldo and Messi era that dipped in the end Yeah, it's just it, that standard uh, in terms of two teams together maintaining it at the same time doesn't seem very realistic does it I don't think Man City can You'd reach the league anymore <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was nice I don't think they'll reach that standard Yeah, I mean I know that this is a Tottenham discussion but I'll just kind of sidetrack it a little bit to a, a Man City discussion just very quickly um, do you think there's an end of cycle feel at Man City do yeah, you think yeah for sure yeah. I did up until they extended his contract I think a lot of people... He can get sacked, it doesn't really matter. That's the no, they, they would never, I'm never sorry, but they could have Pep sitting... Uh, you never know, Guardiola might leave for Barcelona. No, yeah, no, no, that's a different thing to being like, sacked. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah. it could be one or the other. You know? do, you mean, do you mean like they'll, they'll nicely tell him you should probably yeah, go? Yeah, they'll, they'll do what Arsenal yeah, went like, what happened with I think that even now in their poor form, I still think the Man City board are looking, oh my God, how lucky are we that we have Pep Guardiola? For so another they, they two will, years. Yeah, they will never sack him, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Unless obviously, unless I he agree. goes to get relegated, which is never going to happen. You know? No, but even relegated, but like it's Man City. How, how much are we playing our players? How much are we yeah. spending every year? Yet we're what, coming for fourth. Do you know what I mean? You know what the guy's a baldy Eddie Howe. That's all he is. <laughs> a baldy Eddie Howe. <laughs> That's all he is. No, I agree with you, with you there, Jeff. You do, like, I think right now, even after all the Premier League and domestic success that City have had, they still look at uh, look at themselves and it's like, wow, like Pep Guardiola's our manager. I don't think yeah. until they win the Champions League, if that ever happens, will they ever be seen as like accepted into that big boys club of yeah. European football. Do you not think like that City still have that missing from their trophy cabinet and as a result yeah. their aura is just not the same as I think, other teams yeah, I think Man City now are accepted as one of the best clubs in England but that kind of stature of uh, European pedigree that uh, Ajax would still have even though Ajax aren't in a top 5 league oh, yeah, yeah. AC Milan still have agree. even though I, AC Milan went in with Downton Man City need the Champions League even Celtic to, yeah, yeah even Celtic so, yeah, even Celtic I mean yeah. don't, don't Aberdeen have some sort of European success yeah, yeah I think so they do there you go, I'm, so, I'm still uh, pipping <laughs> Aberdeen to Man City like, <laughs> <laughs> so for me it's, it's like but you're right Man City need the Champions League so is 
Is this the... I mean, I, I don't want to say is this their year for the league because it doesn't seem that way, but do you think they can kind of use the kind of hurt that they're getting from the league to do something in the Champions League, maybe? Well, yeah. they had the the perfect chance last year. Yeah. And he flopped it by playing the way he d- uh, his tactics against uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah. Um, and, oh my God, that was a disaster show. And that was his game to take. That was his game to power through the Champions League. And yeah. I think that was his only chance, to be completely honest I think, with you. I think no one was stopping Bayern last year. So you could have made it to the final all well it, and good. Who, who could who could have stopped on, on paper? 18-19 could have stopped could have stopped them. But I think last season no one was on par with Bayern. Yeah, but uh, don't doesn't Diego Simeone have this uh, weird uh, record? Well, bar obviously when he lost against. Even still, I'm um, having it. No, he, he, never, Bayern. he never lost against uh, any team uh, in the Champions League but, uh, unless they had Ronaldo in it. Well, then yeah, they lost I against agree. Bayern. I agree that, like, I'm not saying <laughs> they, they, they win any right. good teams. But I think if Liverpool didn't have Adrian in net against Atletico Madrid, they could win. Well, th- this is the thing. That's I th- what I'm saying. If Adrian wasn't in net, Liverpool how got, shit is he? Liverpool got <laughs> succumbed to two goalkeepers um, by coming probably to the semi-final at least, um, and Caris and Adrian. And this Ca- is what well, I'm saying. In the final, yeah, and Adrian ruined it for you. So, th- so three years of Champions League ruined by two goalkeepers. By goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> It's I mean, they they won it in in 2019. You can always use that as a, a way to kind of ease the pain, you know, from those other ones. Now, in terms <laughs> of more Champions Leagues, man. <laughs> so we've just talked about Man City's trophy prospect, but going back to Tottenham and Mourinho, what are their trophy prospects? Is is the Europa League a realistic uh, aim to get a trophy, or F, one of the domestic cups? They are in the quarters of the League Cup, and of course, the FA Cup is still to come. Is this the year that they finally win a trophy? To I start think, and yeah. then sorry, no, after you, Kalama. Thank you. No, you're saying like, what is the target I think anything major literally anything I don't think the Europa League is even the priority I think FA Cup Europa League League Cup except for the League Cup and obviously the Premier League but just anything any cup man I so if anybody's here uh, listening uh, just send a cup with uh, Tottenham <laughs> the best team in North London and just send it to Mourinho uh, and they'll just put it in the empty cabinet won't they <laughs> exactly Yeah. no Tottenham might go for Europa League Mourinho's went for it before Manchester United the easiest route <laughs> The Europa like League is a complicated one though because when uh, the way that Europa League looks when the group stages drawn the Europa League compared to when the Champions League teams dropped out into it is a completely different prospect. Like um, Arsenal when they first became a Europa League team were kind of going along nicely thinking okay we've got no threat Atletico Madrid comes into it from the Champions League drop downs and easily dominate them. Sevilla might not be in this season because they the, might well, just qualify. Well they won't be yeah they've, they've, they've confirmed their qualification from Chelsea's Real group. Madrid oh, might man. be though. Have to find that. Ooh, tomorrow yes. they've got That's tasty. That Casemiro injured. Th- no, not Casemiro. Sorry, Valverde, Benzema, and yeah. uh, who else was it? Varane or Ramos? So one of them missing, but yeah. it's it's a possibility. Like that would be uh, something to see. I'm going to predict. 2020 would definitely be the weirdest year. But I am going to predict that Tottenham will win the League Cup. I don't want them to because Newcastle are still in it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, this will be their best and first chance to uh, win a trophy. You're already talking about the quarterfinals, so they can kind of map it out. And Mourinho definitely wants to put his name. To, can you imagine Mourinho's ego when he can th- oh, sit there and say, sake. "I'm yeah. the guy. I'm the guy that brought Tottenham, Tottenham the trophies and the success after all these years." I am. The I'd love to one. see it. I'd love to see it. I think he received so much abuse after the United stint and after the uh, like the third season at Chelsea, and like people disrespected what he's done for football and what he's done as football. Like his CV is more impressive than Guardiola's, really, with the teams he's done it with. Maybe not the same amount of trophies, mm. and then, but yeah. Probably the same amount of money but spent. Despite He's that, Chelsea's greatest manager. Yeah. What else can you say? You know what I what yeah. I also like about how Mourinho kind of stays at the top of the game is that now I mentioned it before when you talk about the game leaving him behind. 
even though he's doing really well now, he hasn't adjusted Tottenham's style to like a, a frantic pressing style of this, you know, the type that you see from a club team or a pep team. He's still got the same kind of principles of solid at the back, control what you can control, break on the counter and be devastating with the high quality players. And I really like that his style has, has kind of been able to keep pace. Now, I'm not saying it's it's the style that will win the league or that other teams across Europe will emulate. Like, you know how, for example, there's like a coaching tree when a, when a, like someone like Cruyff comes in and he inspires other coaches or a Bielsa type. I don't think there's a coaching tree for Mourinho because I think yeah. the more exciting and the more aspirational football is the one that Klopp is playing and the one that Pep is playing. Uh, and you can see it in kind of Nagelsmann, Tuchel and, um, you know, several other managers across Europe. But I just like that he kind of owns this style that you could call sometimes Pulis ball. You guys mentioned Bruce ball. You equated Mourinho's football to Bruce ball earlier yeah, in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love that he's still using this and he's like, I'm not going to budge from my principles and you're going to see me do my thing in my, in my own way. And I really hope he wins a trophy. It's interesting. I never thought about it like that, you know. I, I, you're right. He's been in the game for a long time. Has he ever actually in, inspired any managers to come forward and be like, you know what, let's, I want to play a bit of Mourinho ball. There's other defensive managers like yeah, Simeone, but I don't know how much... Inspiration you can draw from Mourinho, Villa boss, the guy, the Andre Villas boss, yes, that, yeah. that that geezer oh, there. I don't know. He 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 plays football well. I mean, no, but I've he seen came some from Mourinho. So I'm trying to say, yeah. But you also need to remember who did Mourinho learn from? Yeah, Bobby true. Robson. I could be wrong, but is it wasn't Villas boss also. Is there not a Bobby Robson link between them two as well? There is. Yeah, he yeah. gave him his first job, I think, in football where they yeah. were living in the same apartment building. Yeah, in Port uh, that, the, time. the same apartment. That was in my mind. I didn't yeah. want to say it in case I was yeah, wrong. And yeah, basically, I think. He harassed, you know, so to speak, yeah. uh, Robson until he gave him a, a job in football. But I, I want to just address, you say, keep saying Mourinho's outdated, but he has an Instagram account. How can you be outdated? <laughs> How can you be outdated if like he's using hashtags? So. Yeah, he's got a proper full team behind it as well. Yeah, it's definitely a PR stunt, like no doubt. Yeah. Now, I just love it. It looks like, it feels like, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it feels like almost like a parody account. It's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> recommend everyone to follow it. <laughs> Definitely everyone follow Mourinho's Instagram account, as well as the dressing room one as well. Yes. Just to get that one in there. <laughs> Shameless play. Now, the second debate of the day that I want to get into is goalkeeping errors. We've just been talking about Tottenham and Man City at length, and there was some questionable, goal, questionable goalkeeping by Edison in that match. So that one, let it inspire some other choices. What memorable goalkeeping errors can you guys think of for me, please? We don't need to cast our net too far back. I think there's been plenty of hilarious moments in the Premier League, like... David James and Hiroyo Gomez is like absolute legends with the moments they've provided for us. But you can't like when you look at this this uh, this things at stake when it happened. Carius in the Champions League final. I mean, how Fuck can you sake. have <laughs> any worse of a goalkeeping performance right. than that? Do you want me to list this? Right, Liverpool goalkeepers Pepe Reina. He's had some bad blunders. Right, his heir is this, is this Simon Mignolet. No, no, is this uh, the one where the beach ball was in the? Oh, well, I was against Sunderland as well. For fuck's sake! Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know how you can say a beach ball is a goalkeeping error. By the way, no, no it wasn't. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it wasn't. But it just reminds me it of it. It reminds me man. of it. Yeah, it, it reminds you me. Know, of it. You all had a clanger. In yeah, dude, man, I can't even remember oh, when Liverpool have had actually a good keeper. Ray Clements was probably the only one, you know, rest in peace. Before Allison, of course. Yeah, of course. But even he had himself a uh, howler. Do you remember that Cruyff? Uh, Cruyff against Leicester. Against Leicester, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's learned from that. You know, yeah. as, he, as he had any howlers, he might have had a red card by tackling someone. But let me go through the list, right? Mignolet, Rayner, Brad Jones. You had, what's the ginger guys, dude? Bogdan. Oh, yeah, Bogdan. Bogdan, right? Wow. Carriers, Adrian, seven goalkeepers there. Uh, yeah, but those you're like talking about quality all, uh, of yeah. goalkeepers, but the gaffes they made they weren't as notable as the Carriers one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Bogdan was pretty bad when he made his debut. Just yeah. we'll just watch it; it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, Bogdan, I think he had a bit of a redemptive spell at Bolton Wanderers, and the reason I want to mention Bolton is 
There was a goalkeeping gaffe which always sticks in my mind where Steven Gerrard lined up a long range effort against Bolton. Just a normal shot that was going to go wide and Yaskalainen, uh, sorry, yeah, it was Yaskalainen. For some reason he decides, I'm going to dive and save this. Maybe he wasn't aware of the surroundings. It's going out. He literally tips it on the line just before it goes out. And because it kind of goes underneath his palms, it gets a backspin, goes up and then goes into the net. Like what a stupid goal to concede that was already going out and because you saved it, is that, like how many times can a goalkeeper save a shot and because of the save it went in I don't think you can say that too often uh, that's one of the gaffes that sticks out in my mind David De Gea against Watford that's yeah that's a horror as well <laughs> which one against remember Watford? that out? I feel like, uh, De, like De Gea's made about 15 in the last year alone so oh, can you yeah, remind me please count? let's get the uh, we need the uh, supercomputer to remember they've, them they've been basic flops haven't they what happened against what? well he tried to uh, hold it and, and then it hits off the post almost he runs he almost like collides with the post and then it ends up uh, yeah, steering its way into the net. I mean, there's many to uh, choose from with De Gea, but that one's the one that would sticks you, in there. Would one. everyone say Carius' Champions League final is the biggest howler? Nah, because, okay, that throwing the ball and ben thing, Benzema intercepting it, but the concussion thing, come on. Was, it, yeah, but is there, uh, was it ever confirmed officially by the club? Yeah, but there was a medical report. I'm yeah, mistaken. but like yeah. in pre-season, he made like two blunders against Dortmund or something as well. That's why he yeah, was but, out. But to be fair to him, he earned his spot to be in that Champions League final leading up to that final. Of course, do you know how bad class. Lily is with his blunders? No, nope. he was class. He was I'm class getting, my blood pressure's getting high right and now. Then okay. I just think the momentum just absolutely like of the moment, you know, the whole stage of Champions League final just was too much for him. Was, uh, you know, like, fair enough, okay, the con concussion. Of, yeah. But, like... I'd, uh, was it the concussion for the for, uh, for the Benzema one? It was before any of them. Oh Ra yeah, Ramos, Ramos like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Ramos that game. I still rate him as a centre back. Took away Mohamed Salah. Coincidental that the club uh, come out. You know, they want to sell him, so they say he had a concussion. He wasn't that bad, and then exile him off to Turkey. Like it seemed like they were trying to protect their commodity before getting rid of him. You know the worst part is that he was actually in a really decent spell of form before that. Yeah, I know. Now I've got two other nominations. <laughs> one of them everyone knows about and one of them might be a little bit more obscure. The first one, which everyone knows, the Rob Green against uh, the Americans at the World Cup. How he could just fumble the ball. Oh like Yankees. Oh. Yeah, I was a Come kid on. then, man. It's... Yeah. That, that, it's always the uh, World Cup where everyone, eyes are all on you and you just go and do something like that. It's against the Americans as well, rivalry, not so much rivalry, yeah. but like... You know, he didn't come dynamic. back. Did he? he didn't come back so after you, that. Last week you talked about an injustice of the Lampard goal against Germany, but I think when you look at the way Rob Green did that, you, you talk about the England standard back then, and that is not a team that deserved to be in a World Cup semi-final. That's, yeah. that's what I thought. So because of that one mistake, England deserves. <laughs> has the goalkeeping standards improved or not? Because Pickford's, I think, just as bad as a goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper. But as a goalkeeper, I don't think Pickford, he's I think Pickford, the, the erratic nature of his is, is what's holding him back. I think he's a decent player all round, but. He's just, he seems to be, he kind of, there are some players that are so cool-headed, you can back them to be composed in any situation, whereas Pickford, if you just tap his shoulder, he's likely to smack you. That guy has oh, such yeah. a small emotional maturity, and I think it's holding him it's back. Like, it's got to his head, you know, it's got to his head. Yeah. It, his uh, rise to, I don't know, like a, a cemented Premier League goalkeeper, you could say, mm. and do you mean? Number one. Yeah, and, uh, and England number one, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not many others. Stay humble, Pickford. Uh, uh, I mean, Pope, <laughs> Pope is up there. That is the citizen's advice for Jordan Pickford. Stay humble. Yeah. <laughs> Habib will come and smash you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he gives it one when he plays against yeah. Newcastle. He's so dirty. Now, 
My other nomination, and then of course we you know we can wrap up the goalkeeper segment. But I don't know if anyone saw this in the sixteen seventeen championship season when Newcastle with Rafa Benitez, Carl Dolo. Oh, I remember we were, this. Yeah, we were playing Norwich City away at Carrow Road. A difficult game because you know Norwich are always decent in the championship. Now let me set the scene. By the way, you can just YouTube it, Carl Dolo versus Norwich, and uh, see if my words uh, you know do it merit. But this is what happened. It was a through ball. It was coming through. He rushes out to, to clear it. You think everything is fine. He's there. He's got it. He swings his leg at it just as a volley. He, he wants to clear it as far as he can up the pitch. He slices it. The ball rolls backwards. He's in no man's land. And Cameron Jerome is literally celebrating on the line because he has an easy tap in. Easy tap in. There's one worse than that. Bernardo, where uh, when he's at Everkusen, he kicked the ball, missed it, went in oh, the net. Yeah, yeah, That's the worse in history. <laughs> but was there a bubble on the pitch that prov- made the ball go over his foot? No. Oh, okay. Then he uh, just missed the ball. It was like a slow ball, slow pass back. He just completely missed it. Yeah, YouTube the Burnley mistake because I think I'm going to actually after the podcast. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, it's a great assist from Dolo. Though. I remember that actually. Now, a great assist from Dolo. Yeah, I mean it was, it was almost. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, what else could you do as a team? Do you know what I mean you watch a goalkeeper just give away a goal like that? You just get so demoralised. It's such a hard position of the goalkeeper, isn't it? I mean, you make one mistake as a forward, the way you like miss a two-yard sit. No one really cares. No, I get it. Every it. every goalkeeper no, I think makes. Fernando Torres yeah. gets gets a lot of flack for missing an open goal against no. the here. No, but like against as a mistake here, as a goalkeeper, that. as a mistake as a goalkeeper, could genuinely like ruin your career, man. After like, that, he, carries, he did help Chelsea get to a Champions League final. So yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the famous yeah. Gary Neville orgasm. And do you know what? Like, do you know what else? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to attempt to replicate it. <laughs> no, please, nobody replicate the Gary Neville orgasm. No, no, but I'm saying we need to not do that. It needs to be a safe for work. Listen, thank you. Stay very safe. Stay in a controller virus. I'm saying, like, similar to what happened to Carius, where he makes that massive mistake, they ship him off. Uh, do you remember uh, Roberto at West Ham? Oh, those clangers, and then they shipped him off again. Like, yeah. just, sorry, you're, you're done out here. I can just imagine them like preparing a plane, getting the ticket. Like, <laughs> you're out of here, sunshine. Like that's it. <laughs> so, like, you're back on the team bus after the end of the game, just straight to the airport. Like, now, we'll ship you a closeout. Don't worry. <laughs> We've been discussing the howlers on the pitch. How about a very strange howler off the pitch? Because today, FC Brew striker Dennis said that he will miss the game against Borussia Dortmund because he didn't choose his favourite seat on the bus. Now, I'm thinking that he was already probably in a bad mood because his mum forgot to pack his Rugrats lunchbox. <laughs> because that, that is some next-level immaturity. To miss a Champions League game because you don't get to sit on your favourite bus seat. Is that one of the more bizarre football stories you've heard in recent times? Well, does it really matter? They're losing Dortmund 3-0, so... Well, maybe it does matter. But let alone that, like, what, what's, what's that seat? Is it his comfort seat? That's or what I'm like saying. A I, meditation I need to know seat? more of the details. Uh, I, 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 I can feel his seat, pain, man. you know. Like, you know, I read it. Like, everyone's got a favourite position, in the, like, favourite spot on the couch in the house yeah, when they're watching. Imagine your employee, like, if you're an employer and your employee says, no, mate, I don't want to sit on that side of the office. I want to sit on this side of the office. And you're like... No, I need you on that office because it's got a computer. Do you know what I mean? I need you to actually work <laughs> there. And he's like, no. And he misses the game, so he misses your day of work. And you still pay him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I want to see. Wh- I want to see the um, what happens to him. I it reminds me of uh, when Yaya Toure threw a strop because he didn't get a cake on his birthday. That's crazy. I reckon I there was something like yeah, 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 there was something more to it. Like say, like he was just looking for any excuse to get out of the bus. I don't know if he got like some sort of text from the missus, like you know, <laughs> 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 He's like, oh, it's my seat is taken. Nah, nah, I can't have this. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, he's got the Uber ready already. Like he gets out. It's like Homer Simpson's dad. He comes in. Oh, he's always maybe he was so scared really of facing Holland. Yeah. He was so scared of facing Holland. He was like, oh yeah, my seat's taken. I can't play. I just really hope one of the players put a really small violin on his seat. <laughs> <laughs> in the team, what's happened? No, but like if you were the if you were his teammate, would you not give him shit for like the rest of the season at least? 
Every you time would, I see him, you would always be known for that. You, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, like next time I see him in the cafeteria, save you a seat, mate. <laughs> uh, I'd be sitting on the seat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's proper. You know, like. Sc- I hope he school kid, it, yeah. school kid. Type he needs of to reference it as an ex celebration. Do you remember like when Eto was accused of being too old and then he like oh, took yes. a piss? Players using know. the um, I think was it when Rooney got knocked up by Phil Bardsley in the boxing, oh, yeah, yeah. and then he oh, did the yeah. boxing. I love that when the, players the turn, celebration when players maybe turn a controversy into a light hearted pitch celebration. Beautiful. Maybe we could be talking about that next week. Maybe the uh, goal celebrations. Oh, definitely best goal celebration. Yeah, or the worst. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely could fill up some time. I mean. Dennis, that's uh, a good I hope that's that good he, idea, he can yeah. join us next week and talk about that since he won't be attending. Yeah, we'll save him a seat. <laughs> Unfortun- well, unfortunately, we don't have another seat, so he can just uh, stand up. He oh won't man, have any problems. Turn up. <laughs> you might, you might need yourself <laughs> isolate. We you need to do the know. risk assessment, don't we, of the, of the workplace. That was the quickest invitation decline of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a funny story. This is what I love about football sometimes. When you think you've seen it all, you get a story like that. It has oh, a bit yeah. of a Hollywood element. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I thought they would at least change the buses uh, every time they would, uh, you know, go to a different place. Or do they have like their own? A Bruges, a big enough no, club to have their the own team version of the oh, team yeah, bus yeah. would stay you the think? same. Yeah, of course. By the way, Bruges are in the Champions League. You can't question yeah, if they're <laughs> <laughs> Bruce like uh, scraping the penny together can we really afford the Champions League run lads <laughs> come on Tom. can't wait for the uh, sequel to In Bruce 2 you know the, the, redem- the yeah, revenge Bruce. against the bussy uh, but uh, thanks a lot lads that was a really fun discussion and uh, let's uh, wrap things up with the promotions Daud where can they listen to the podcast um, so you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, Google Podcasts Spotify, uh, Stitcher and more I've uh, distributed it out to more um, hosting sites and where else can running. they follow us on social media as well so you've got the dressing room nine um on instagram you've got td room nine uh and you've got obviously got a youtube channel the dressing room um i have released episode one of the dressing room and would love to get more of your feedback of what you guys like and the easiest way to get uh, in touch with us is the dressing room nine at gmail.com whilst also the comment section of youtube as well and we'll hopefully be uploading more stuff soon so yeah yeah. Brilliant lads, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Take care. Adios. All right.